Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. We finally made it to Friday. That's right. It's Friday, March 3rd, and today is National Day of Unplugging. National I Want You to Be Happy Day. National Muled Wine Day. Do you think you would drink that, Gretchen? Some muled wine? National Soup It Forward Day. National Speech and Debate Day. National Anthem Day. National Employee Appreciation Day. National Cold Cuts Day, and National Blue Dress Day. I hope you wore some blue today, Gretchen. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Uh, we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story you most recently presented. You can use that fancy little QR code at the top left hand of your screen to find out where we live at the Internet. And without further ado, we're going to get right into our first story. That's right, because we have the dope dad himself. That's right, Rico Lameet. When he's not in gang wars with internet companies, you can find him in Twitter wars. That's right, it is the dope dad himself, always taking care of the kids. Rico Lameet. Ah, uh, yeah, Jason. Happy Friday, everybody. And, uh, my story is a little different today. I just want to send out some digital flowers. So on February 15th, Hyatt 9 correspondent Mandy Tingler covered Twitter's ad policy change announcement, allowing cannabis companies utilize the tech giants platform for the first time ever. A story that sent seismic waves through our and mainstream news circles alike. Notably missing from both the MJ Biz Daily story, Mandy sourced, and Toronto-based MJ uh, advertising agency AdCan social media and website posts credited by MJ Business being the first to break the news was any mention of the person most responsible for arguably the most important policy shift in weed media history, Alexa Alianiello. Had it not been for her tireless lobbying for cannabis uh, to be taken seriously behind the scenes at Twitter's executive suite, the change never would have happened. Until recently, the platform banned cannabis-related marketing, considering the plant is still illegal at a federal level. Thanks to Alianne Yellow's efforts, cannabis companies can now use Twitter to connect with consumers, market their products, share information, and build stronger communities. However, <clears throat> even in states like Colorado and California, where recreational cannabis is legal, they couldn't use the platform as they wished. Though currently on the U, um, U.S. sales and partnerships team at Twitter, Alianne Yellow 
has been at the tech giant since April 2012, excuse me, 2020, uh, per the article she shared in a blog post on Twitter's business site that cannabis conversations on Twitter in the United States are larger than the conversation around topics such as pets, cooking, and golf, and as well as food and beverage categories, including fast food, coffee, and liquor. Of course, everybody here on the Hyatt 9 News team agrees, but it's refreshing to hear the words coming from folks high up in the halls of mainstream business world echoing our sentiments. I'm ashamed to say that if it weren't for seeing this honorary Women's History Month piece on Alexa and Herb, uh, uh, on Herb.com yesterday evening, I wouldn't have even given any further thought to all the headlines we saw the next couple of weeks following the announcement praising Elon Musk for the move instead of the inspiration behind the scenes. So in honor of Women's History Month, I wanted to use my time this morning to send a bouquet of digital flowers out to Alexa Alianiello, the true cannabis hero in this current digital age. And also love to all the women bosses in the industry um, that far too often get overlooked for their work while male counterparts get all the praise. I'm Rico Lamit, dope dad on the street. And back to you, Jason. Love to hear what everybody else has to say about this one. Well, it's about time you people recognize all the ladies in the room. Big shout I'm out just to saying. Ladies. Big shout out to the ladies. There's something behind the saying that behind every strong man is a stronger woman. I firmly believe in that That's one. Right. That stronger. Right. Yes, stronger. Jason Beck, I know you like the strong ladies. I love strong women. That's right. Can you imagine if we had to give birth, Jason? No, I can't because it's nothing that I'm ever going to experience. I don't even try to try to play this game. For the waste of time. No more important things to think about. <laughs> That'd be painful, man. So, yeah. yeah I'm just wondering, does this make you question uh, Elon's true love of cannabis, or um, do you think yep. uh, he just needed a little reminding with the idea from this uh, from this lady? I don't think he has a true love for cannabis. Like when he was on Joe Rogan, uh, he said that um, it slows him down and um, it makes him lazy. So um, he does not advocate for uh, a cannabis use even though he did light up that blunt with Joe Rogan. And didn't he say his stock price was going to be at 420? Yeah. You yeah. know, he's a troll. He's, <laughs> he's a cool troll, dude. He is, bro. He is a great, he is a fun, pretty funny troll. I love his Twitter page. He's getting sued for that, too. I think they won that lawsuit, though. King of the trolls. I mean, yes. he's a winner. He he is the troll king. Right, has, so. he, has he freed a hashtag 420 yet? No, he has not. No. no, no, he is not. It's still, still being, uh, you know, hated on, being, uh, you know, uh, yeah, well, I mean, silenced. Wants to wrap on that. Like, you want to keep it moving here? Let's, so, let's, keep it, let's keep it running. Shout out to the women. We shout to the ladies. Oh, oh yeah, man. All right, run so next uh, year, run it. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. I like that. Wow. Look at that. What do you think of that, Omar? 
I'm very pleasantly surprised. Thank you so much for those high production values. Yeah. I know him. Coast to coast. Uh, I have to say, I'm a little disappointed. I want to see one of those uh, lawyer commercials where they're swinging the sledgehammer and, you know, busting yeah. up cars and going to town for me. That's what I want to see in my attorney. If you're in trouble, make sure you call. Step up your game, Omar. All right. Next one's going to be a jujitsu hip throw. Yes. Hey, that would be good. Yes. Break, Chris. Walk away. I need you in some uh, um, some uh, American flag Zubas like Rex Quando. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Up next, y'all know who it is. He is the private jet hopping, Green Street wheeling and dealing, longest continuously operating retailer in the game. And my partner in crime here, Jason Beck, what do you have for us on this beautiful Friday morning? Oh, yeah. Good morning, guys. I have, man, I can't believe I'm even going to read this story, you guys, because this is just insane. This, the, the people, you know, Canada first, they, they ruined everything. They ruined weed. Now, guess what they're coming for? That's right, your cocaine. Because a Langley Cannabis Company's approval to make cocaine astonishes a BC premier. A Langley-based cannabis company has caused quite a stir in, in the BC legislature after it announced it received Health Canada approval to produce and sell cocaine. That's right. The premier says he had no idea it was happening, adding if the federal agency did, in fact, give the company the green light, it did so without consulting the B.C. government. In a statement dated February 22nd, Adastra Holdings LTD says Adastra Labs received approval in quotes to include cocaine as a substance that the company can legally process, produce, sell and distribute on February 17th. With the approved amendment to its controlled drug and substance dealers license, the company says it it is now allowed to interact with up to 250 grams of cocaine and to import coca leaves to manufacture and synthesize the substance. It goes on to explain that it is planning to support the demand for a safe supply opened up by BC's new drug decriminalization pilot program. So they're going to be selling coke, too, it sounds like. Harm reduction is a critically important and mainstream topic, and we are, are staying at the forefront of drug regulations across the board, Adastra CEO Michael Forbes said. We proactively pursued the commercialization Excuse me. We actively pursued the amendment to our dealer's license to include cocaine back in December of 2022. We will evaluate how the commercialization of this substance fits in with our business model at, at Adastra in an effort to position ourselves to support the demand for a safe supply of cocaine. But Premier David Eby says he was astonished by the announcement in a quote. He says, I understand that this company is is indicating that Health Canada has given them some kind of authorization. It is not part of our provincial plan. And if Health Canada did, in fact, do this, they did not only uh, they did that only without engaging with the province, but without notice to us. So we will get answers from British uh, British Columbians about this. And this is not part of our initiative, he said on Thursday. 
Despite this, the opposition is taking aim at the provincial government. B.C. liberal leader Kevin Falcon says the province has effectively commercialized cocaine and legalized trafficking of the drug. Mr. Speaker, Adastra, uh, Adastra Holdings is a cannabis company that supplies products to 1,400 retailers. Last week, the Langley-based company issued a press release announcing its plans to possess, produce, sell, and distribute cocaine in British Columbia. The release describes Adastria as poised to be a leader in drug development and emerging sectors and at the forefront of the NDP's decriminalization program. The statement further reveals that Adastra intends to, and I quote, evaluate how the commercialization of cocaine fits with the company's business model, Falcon said during question, uh, question period on Thursday. BC Public Safety Minister Mike Fanworth responded, saying the decriminalization pilot program the province is currently monitor is currently monitoring uh, was the result of collaboration between different levels of government to deal with the toxic opioid crisis. What the member has been talking about, I would I, I would want to ensure that first off, it has to be done under the guidance of Health Canada. There are criminal code rules and criminal code rules around drugs and the amounts that are there. I suspect, honorable member, that what you're talking about is probably something that has been put in place under the aegis of Health Canada, Fanworth said. Another quote, what I can tell you is, is that no, we would absolutely not be supporting the development and the wholesale distribution of legalized legal legalization of cocaine in the province of British Columbia. What we have is a policy in place that has been developed through a considerable amount of work with Health Canada, with addiction specialists, and with healthcare professionals, and with chiefs of police to ensure that we can have a safer supply for those who are addicted. This is not and has never been about legalizing cocaine or encouraging it for commercial distribution, despite whatever the members reading from the public safety minister added and under bc's decriminalization pilot adults will not be arrested or charged and their drugs won't be seized if they're found in possession of up to 2.5 grams of coke of certain illicit substances these drugs include opioids including heroin morphine fentanyl cocaine including crack and powder cocaine methamphetamines and mdma the province became the first in canada to decriminalize possession of small amounts of drugs and the opposition has long argued the focus should be on treatment and recovery instead. Well, I'll tell you what, this fucking this this just gives a whole new meaning to the whole product line can of bumps. I smell a licensing deal, deal in place, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. I think they should call this BC Blow. How about you? BC Blow, I like that. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what the fuck <laughs> yeah i mean are you gonna are you gonna go and buy some canadian cocaine now i don't know man it might be better is it gonna be laced with fentanyl uh, no, i mean <laughs> i don't know if that's on their list of approved substances but you can get caught with two and a half grams of fentanyl and not get arrested for it and they can't even take it from you well uh will somebody be lobbying for fda support of bc <laughs> <laughs> international imports <laughs> dr talleyrand are you with us in there clubhouse dr talleyrand i mean he's there oh, oh well all right yeah i'm here sorry about that you caught me in the middle i'm at a conference today 
So okay. there's a lot of activity around. But going on. Got you. What, what, what do you think about this, Dr. Talleyrand? BC has allowed a company to, uh, to, to the cannabis company to manufacture, produce, and sell cocaine. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's part of their uh, the part of their woke policies of uh, woke policy. Oh, hold on, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> it's a, it's a dark substance. I don't recommend it. I'm a bigger fan of cannabis. I am too. I Not am too. too. It, it, it's traditionally white, though. It's not really dark. Anyway, Jason. Anyway, anyways, we, we have Dr. Felicia, too, just popped up in here. It's I have a Dr. quick question for you, Jason. Go is there it. anywhere in this article where Health Canada says why they allow this? There is nowhere in there where it says, I read the entire article that, is, that says nothing in there as to why Health Canada did this. But um, I imagine that it was because um, BC said, hey, we're going to implement these these loose policies uh, and, and focus on treating people as opposed to arresting people. And so Health Canada took it upon themselves. Just like, hey, might as well someone might, might as well make the drugs if we're going to be allowing people to use them. Well, hey, uh, so we're getting we're getting clean, regulated cocaine. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, well, these are allowed to they're allowed to import <laughs> thieves, so I can just see South America is just on fire today. I see a trade war coming on between uh, Mexico and uh, and uh, Canada on who can import the most. Blow sounds like it's going to be cleaner from Canada. I mean, I'm I'm for the Canadian cocaine. I guess. Clean Canadian <laughs> cocaine. I think. I that's mean, the best I story. understand. I understand that you know they don't want to waste jail space and the time and the money to, to jail them. They'd rather to, to decriminalize the drugs. That makes sense. So I just. I don't know. They're making it and selling it themselves. I That's mean, have any have any of you guys even been to Vancouver and seen all the zombies they have walking downtown Vancouver? No. I mean, it's yeah. insane. It's, it's, yeah, it's very different than Toronto. Uh, have oh, to yeah. Say. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Doctor Felicia, what do you have to say on this, Doctor Felicia? Uh, hey, hey, everybody. Um, it's a form of risk reduction. Uh, you know, a lot of times addicts spend most of their time consuming, and then once the drug is gone, they're out doing other things, trying to find a way to get the money together to get more drugs, and the the supply is not clean, and it you know they're subject to disease and infections and amputations and whatever. Um, you know, there we had a, a legal heroin program, uh, or our physicians in the, in the early parts of the early 1900s here in, in New York City used to prescribe heroin to addicts. There were highly highly functioning addicts who had jobs and families, and you know when you can give them a clean source, that gives them frees up their time and help them to have good health, so they can maybe work on the things that are making them use heroin in the first place. Um, Switzerland and um, the UK both had horrible uh, addiction problems, and giving the addicts clean heroin helped them to get that whole situation under control. So it's just really a form of risk reduction. If the addict doesn't have to spend so much time trying to find, you know, their drug, they have more time to work on therapy and becoming more productive citizens. So it's so all Dr. Part of reduction, Dr. Felicia. It's all risk reduction. So, Dr. Felicia, you're saying that this product would be used for medicinal purposes. And when they say dis they're able to distribute it, they're probably distributing it to licensed medical practitioners to help administer to patients. It's not like people can go in off the street and just buy cocaine. I think, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going I don't to be know about that one. Recreational cocaine is coming. It's going to be a medical professional giving it out. 
I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Doctor Felicia. They have a cannabis company making it. I'm sure they're they're just going to be putting it in the in the packs and just just selling it out there. Probably even going to be watering their plants with it sometimes. You mean like pharmaceutical right. companies in America? Yep, exactly right. <laughs> well, hey, yes, I do. Doc, think of how more productive they're going to be. Yep. See, doctors still dispense their stuff. We do have also, we have Ori Spado joining us from the Clubhouse audience. And if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go out to Amazon and check out his book, The American Gangster Certified Mafia, Don. What do you have to say on this, Ori? Well, I just come in. I saw you in there, my friend. And I said, let me say hello to Jason, the world's foremost expert on cannabis. <laughs> you are the man, Ori. Good looking out. <laughs> Hope you can enjoy the show, my friend. Oh, uh, a lot of yeah, things going on. What What do you think about this, Ori? About this this uh, cocaine being legalized in in Canada and and a cannabis company producing it? Cocaine got legal up there in Canada. Yep, you can get caught with two and a half grams. Things unchanged. Less than an eight ball. Less than an eight ball. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, how, how, how would I know that? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have to read, read about it in your book, Ori. Lucky guess. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh man, thanks for coming up, buddy. Much appreciated. No, I come in and say hello, buddy. Oh, thank good you so see, much. Good to see you, Jason. Yes, sir. Hi. Oh man, we gotta, we gotta keep it moving. This fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, coming up next. That's right. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies. That's right. Our very own little Washington insider, Gretchen Gailey, who loves to make the sausage on Capitol Hill and then feed it to her dogs as she dresses them up in clown costumes. That's right. It is Gretchen Gailey. Thank you, Jason. But nothing about me is little. So don't call me little Washington Ooh. insider. Anyway, Ooh. my headline. Oh, by the way, L-I-L. Huh? Whatever. Uh, my headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. Uh, White House reviewing marijuana pardon certificate application. The White House is reviewing a draft application form that people who were covered under President Joe Biden's mass marijuana pardon can fill out to demonstrate that they were granted clemency. In October, Biden issued a proclamation granting a pardon to people who've committed cannabis possession offenses under federal law and in Washington, D.C. The relief was automatic. But if advocates have been pushing officials to provide an application that people can use to obtain certificates showing they are covered, that could be useful for those whose prior convictions are preventing them from obtaining jobs or housing. A notice set to be published in the Federal Register on Friday from the Office of the Pardon Attorney under the Department of Justice described the new form and the information it requests from applicants. The application asks applicants to confirm that the petitioner is a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident who was lawfully in the country at the time the marijuana offense occurred. The alien registration or citizenship number of a lawful permanent resident or naturalized citizen applicant. Information regarding the specific court in which the applicant was charged or convicted and the date of said conviction. If any information regarding the applicant's race, gender, and ethnicity, identifying information regarding the applicant's date and place of birth, and documentation of the applicant's charge or convictions. In addition to being used to process pardon certificates, the information may also be used to provide statistical analysis of the demographics of pardon recipients and applicants. 
Pardon attorney Elizabeth Oyer said in December that the online application would be posted very soon. But as the months have gone on, activists have expressed frustration about the delay. Biden's pardon proclamation was fairly limited in scope as it did not free anyone who is currently incarcerated and excludes people who were ever convicted of selling cannabis, among other groups that advocates would like to see get relief. The pardon attorney's office says it estimates that at least 20,000 applicants may apply for four certificates using the new form once it receives final approval from the White House Office of Management and Budget. The application for the certificate is simple and will not take long to complete, between 10 to 30 minutes, the new notice says. The applicants must also provide proof of their prior convictions or charges, which we estimate would take anywhere between 10 to 2 hours to effort, including research, phone calls, and conversations with necessary personnel to attain the appropriate documentation. Therefore, the pardon attorney estimates that it would take approximately 20 minutes, but likely no longer than two and a half hours per individual to provide the information necessary for the collection. The draft form itself includes one page to fill out along with the signature page, as well as instructions. Public comments will be accepted on the draft for a period of 30 days. Uh, no offense, Omar Figueroa, I think this is all a scam just to get attorneys some more money because if it's going to take people two and a half hours to figure out a form, I think they're going to need an attorney to get this done. I think this is just a lot of bureaucratic red tape bullshit coming from the Biden administration. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. Omar, your move. Yeah, right. Omar, checkmate. She calls you out. <laughs> sure. I, th I think, you know, you're basically saying that uh, people who help people get their pardon app applications uh, should do it for free. And, uh, I'm not saying you should do it for free. I'm saying that the government should made this a whole lot easier than yeah. someone having to track down all this documentation. Just give them a pardon. Joe, Joe Biden, why don't you just, you know, legalize cannabis and save us all a lot of trouble? That's what I'm saying. Why are they going to make this so hard? I fully agree. I cannot disagree with that uh, position. Um, you know, th this whole pardon process is for people who actually have cannabis convictions and the pardon declaration was for anybody who had illegally possessed cannabis. So I was celebrating when I read that because I was thinking me and all my friends who never got busted by the feds, but still violated federal law by exercising our rights to medical cannabis under state law have now been pardoned. And I actually contacted the pardon attorney saying, how do I get my pardon uh, officially from the president? And no response, of course. And I understand they had to prioritize the people with actual criminal convictions. Um, and there's a w much easier way to do it, which is direct U.S. attorneys to compile a list of con convictions in their district and get those expunged and make it the U.S. attorney's job instead of making it the offender's job to track down the details of their long ago conviction so they can file out some stupid paperwork so it can get bogged down with the pardon attorney's office. Omar, we lost you. You're on mute. <laughs> ah! Just when I, you were I getting spicy. I, I agree with you, Gretchen. You know, why put it on on the uh, so-called offenders when it really should be on the U.S. attorneys? Make it their um, job. Omar, so you're telling me that the Biden administration fell asleep on your request? You know, I think that the Trump administration fell asleep on mm. my request to legalize <laughs> cannabis. And uh, Biden came in and, and had to dunk the ball. <laughs> that was a pretty yeah. good, no more. That was pretty. Uh, that was a good little quick little reversal right there. 
pretty, pretty well pretty, you know pretty, what i think would be great omar is since there is a public comment period i think such a astute attorney as yourself should comment that this should be put on to the u.s attorneys and not on yeah. offenders they might sure, listen to you they won't make listen sure you to tell me. the administration to stop sleeping on cannabis joe <laughs> biden <laughs> Biden needs to wake and bake. <laughs> I, don't know. I find I find the whole thing just ridiculous and frustrating. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden wants to walk around every other day claiming what a wonderful job he's doing for uh, all these cannabis pardons, um, but he's just making it as hard as possible. It's just yeah, he, it seems ridiculous. He's demanding the most and he's doing the least, right? Mm -hmm. Typical man. Oh, oh stop God. it. Typical man. You walked into that. You walked into that one, Rico. That one was just too easy. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. This is going. This is going to halftime, man. We got to. We got to add or something. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Run go for the ads. Hide behind the ads. Let's do it. I don't want that. Smoke. Thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown at Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any of its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, it's when it's Women's History Month. Do not bring your grievances to Gretchen Gailey. Just don't do it. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.s H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Jason. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coming up next, <clears throat> we have Mr. Stone Slade when he's out walking his horse in Texas, or you could find him hitting the high road, or maybe his high road isn't that high. Because he's down there smoking on Delta 8 in the great red state of Texas. It is the man, Stone Slade. Thank you, Jason. No, no smoking Delta 8, my friend. Um, anyway, today's story comes out of Minnesota. Uh, it's a little bit serious, but very serious, actually. Suicide's a public health problem, people with major impacts, and, uh, and ways that get, the ways it gets reported and talked about can help. 
Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. for adults. In 2020 alone, nearly 46,000 people died by suicide with an estimated 1.2 million attempts. For teenagers, it's the second leading cause of death behind unintentional injuries. This story is about 21-year-old Randy Bacchus. His parents say that he was a fun and fun-loving fun kid, and they try to teach him what the con consequences were to everything, including the cannabis that he started smoking at 15. Keeping in mind, the story is from Fox News. His mother, Heather Bacchus, said, I really think he did it for social acceptance to fit in. His father added he was never an easy kid, but he had a big heart. After high school, Randy Jr. moved from Minnesota to Colorado, where his parents believe his use of recreational high-potency cannabis led him to develop what's known as cannabis-induced psych psychosis. Randy Michael Bauckham III took his own life on January 17, 2021, in Denver, Colorado. As a teen back in Minnesota, Randy Jr. was caught several times smoking pot in high school. His parents said uh, that made, they made sure that he saw a therapist and went to treatment programs. As a teenager, he was diagnosed with anxiety and depression on top of his previously diagnosed ADHD. Randy told his parents that the cannabis helped with his anxiety, but they were skeptical and told their son they thought he was self-medicating. Then after high school, Randy moved to Colorado. His parents thought that the change of scenery helped at first. Always industrious, Randy started a streetwear fashion company and held down a real estate job. We thought he was doing better. He seemed better. He had two personalities. On one side, it was the one that we saw. The other was the side that he was living. After Randy's suicide, they went through his phone and laptop and found more insight into his life. They found Randy was convinced that he was on the verge of becoming a rap star and what they described as a recent descent, a rap, sorry, excuse me, rapid descent down a cannabis rabbit hole, vaping, dabbing, blunts, edibles, you name it, all of it as Fox describes in high, sky high concentrations of THC. In his last nine months, Randy Jr. became paranoid, grandiose, and irritable, all signs that resemble a condition known as cannabis-induced psychosis, according to his parents. He thought the FBI was tracking him and that the mob was coming after us, said Heather, his, his mother. Uh, he also told his, his parents that his phone and computers are being tracked. Now, there's, there's a whole lot more in the article about a path to psychosis, the latest research, correlation and causation, uh, changes to adolescent brains, and this is not your 1970s weed and more. I'm not going to get into all that, mostly because we just don't have time on the show and, and because it is a whole lot of Fox News propaganda. When we lose loved ones, especially to something like suicide, we try to find something to blame it on. 36 years ago, a teen killed himself listening to Ozzy Osbourne's song, Suicide Solution. Was Ozzy to blame? No. However, the parents, did, they took him to court. Uh, in this case, I don't believe cannabis is to blame. I don't think, believe it should be blamed. In my opinion, the suicide, much like the one in Ozzy Osbourne's case 36 years ago, both, both victims suffered from mental issues that led to their demise. The, the cannabis prohibitionists are out in full force right now. You can see it in many cannabis scare propaganda he headlines that are floating across the wire lately from idiots like Laura Ingram, who we know now doesn't even believe the, her own shit that she peddles to all the nonsense overdose stories of late. In this case, we're seeing cannabis prohibitionists in Minnesota use Randy's parents' story to co combat legalization efforts in the state as it looks likely that Minnesota legislation will, form, will pass some sort of adult use cannabis this session. Although I used cannabis as a teenager, I don't condone it to minors using cannabis today unless it's been prescribed to them in some form of a treatment. But let's not forget, our government created the taboo that surrounds the plant that attracts teens to it. Decades of untruthful propaganda instead of proper education is what got us to where we are today. Misinformation about cannabis creates cannabis users, which can lead to cannabis abusers. However, proper education and understanding of the plant creates smart cannabis consumers that will consume the plant with a better understanding of how it benefits them individually. If you or someone you know is suffering from depression or having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to a friend 
or a family member to talk. You're not a burden, and we'd rather have that talk than never talking to you again. You can also email the. I mean, you can also call the suicide crisis lifeline on your mobile phone by dialing nine eight eight. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt Nine News Hour. And this is a truly sad story. Um, but yeah, man, it's one hundred percent bogus. Why are they going to blame rap music? There's a little rap music in there too. Typical Fox News bullshit. Did they throw rap music in there? Yeah, <laughs> looking on, <laughs> looking on his, uh, digging into his uh, internet searches and everything. They saw unruly rap music. They probably saw yeah. a bunch of black people hang out with uh, behind him too. Like, come on, man. Like, like, he had issues. He had mental health issues. And who's to say, like, like the full story uh, couldn't be sourced back to the parents and, and the environment that he grew up in? Like, who's to say that? Like, we're not going to know any of that side of it, but we're going to hear about cannabis and rap music at fault. This young man's suicide. Come on. Get off that bullshit. This is extremely sad, sad story. Cannabis definitely is not the cause of this um, like, or, or any type of correlation. Did you, what's that, Dr. Dr. Uh, Talleyrand? I think cannabis-induced psychosis is kind of an overstatement. Maybe cannabis-associated psychosis is is better than induced. You know, there are people who have the potential to have psychosis um, because of schizophrenia uh, or other reasons, depression, and cannabis may bring that psychosis out. But to be the single cause of the psychosis is an overstatement. Yeah, man. The causation is yeah, causation is not a correlation, right? I mean, Gretchen, what do you what do you what do you think about this, Gretchen? Do you you know it's from Fox News right now? Everyone's always hating on Fox News, at least most of you guys. Yes, and, too, Jason. Anyway, uh, and full disclosure, I am a former employee of Fox News. Uh, I have not worked at Fox News though since 2010. It's been a while. It's the uh, Obama hating days. I know we did a lot of hating on Obama. Those, I, I don't don't even get me started on Obama, Rico. You don't like what I say about Joe Biden. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, back to this story. Um, I, I'm not going to agree with you guys that this is all bogus and bullshit. I'm not standing up for Fox News, uh, but I do agree with Dr. Talleran. Uh, we do not know the medical issues behind this uh, child and what and why he decided to do what he did. I do believe that perhaps that cannabis could have brought it. We know, all know lots of folks who get paranoid. Uh, so cannabis could have brought out something in this gentleman that uh, sent him over the edge. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't think we should easily dismiss it. I don't think that the whole rap music and whatever. All right. That sounds like a lot of BS and parents grasping at straws here. But I think we should take the time and look at the science. I think that perhaps there are questions surrounding the use of high concentration of cannabis that we don't know the answers to. Um, and we should allow researchers to do their work. That's what I think. High concentration of cannabis. Oh, are you serious right now? I am serious. I mean, everyone wants to sit back and talk about how, you know, pot doesn't do this or that. But have we looked at long-term studies of say like vape products yes. or dabs and things that give us a much higher concentration 
than people are used to consuming. No, I, 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 I disagree that. with that. I disagree with that higher concentration. I would love to hear what Dr. Talleyrand or Dr. Felicia might have to say. No offense, Jason Beck. I Hold prefer on. their opinion over yours. That's fine. You can prefer all you all you like, nonetheless. But okay. here's here's the reality. Okay, weed is is not stronger than concentrates. It's all the same thing because concentrates come from flowers. Okay, all that you're getting is no plant matter. So technically, some people say that concentrates are healthier for you than flour because you're not burning any carcinogens with plant and matter. All I'm saying is that we don't know the long-term effects, Jason. And you we do know the long-term effects because everyone has been smoking weed since the beginning of time, Gretchen. Not, not. No, they, the, yeah, they smoke weed, Jason. They smoke weed. They didn't smoke concentrates like that. No, they didn't. But 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 Dr. Felicia, they're still they're still intaking the same the same thing because it all People was flower flower derived. percent THC through dabs. That, nobody did that back in the day. Nobody did that. So I agree with Gretchen. We do need more long term studies to see what oh, no. high frequency THC can do. Because no, of the, the, matters. the the the, right. the systemat the the systemic uh, analysis that have been done on old studies are very flawed. We need new research to look at this thing for real. Uh, Jason, even water can be damaging if it's overdosed, right? That's true. So, People can die from water. That is 100% correct, doctor. That's right. So dosage matters. Now, can we blanketly say that everyone shouldn't have a higher dosage? Maybe for you, Jason, a higher dosage is beneficial, whereas for this, um, this young gentleman in the story, it may have not been beneficial. That's what we need to do is, is figure out who you know who you are and what dosage works best for you. Yeah, Jason Beck getting slapped. Yeah, Jason Beck. Never yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You guys are all being silly. I'm just saying, Jason, that there are times for us to, you know, have fun and poke at the administration and this or that. And then there are other times that we need to be serious as well. I mean, that's a problem with the media all around. They want to go around doing stories and putting out headlines about weed and pot and getting high and everyone having the munchies and stuff. But it's time to be really serious at points and actually look at the science. And as advocates and folks in this industry, we need to be proponents of that and we need to push for this education. We can't always just sit back and have a good time. And I'm so sorry if that's not on your agenda, but so I think saying, we need to educate. Just, just, just so I'm understanding what you're saying, is you're saying yeah. is that concentrates and vape pens should not be around because there's not enough studies. I never said that, Jason. Did not say that. I said that the research needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You're the one who wants to sit there and pretend that this is a miracle plant that does nothing to us at all, that it's, it comes from the earth, it's a plant. Oh, so it it's is. perfectly it fine. It does. But however, there are solvents involved, there are pesticides involved, there are lots of things involved with making a lot of these products. And the research needs to be done to see how they are having long-term effects on our body. Because Dr. Felicia is absolutely right. These are not how we've been consuming for the past hundred years. Consumption okay. habits have changed and we need to look at it. Oh no! Everybody's gonna die of something, Gretchen. Hash has been around like nearly forever, but they did not have blowtorches. <laughs> I don't know. They just found that new uh, compartment in uh, the Great Pyramid of Khufu, so maybe they can find some blowtorches up there and some data apparatus. So, Jason, are you are you opposed to research? No, I'm all for the research, but the research ain't getting done. So the studies are going to keep going on in the streets. I agree with the research 100%. I, I agree with the doctors, yeah. obviously. I'm not, they I'm know not what they're talking about. 
I just feel like this story, we're looking at parents that grew up in, in the main, you know, prohibitionary time. Reefer Madness. They, they're looking for an excuse and, and cannabis is, is getting that because they they grew up thinking cannabis is the scary, the scary monster drug, you know. That's right. it had to be cannabis that did this to our, our poor Randy. It's and, all cannabis's fault. It's exactly I mean, so, mind, how many stories are we not hearing about people who commit suicide due to alcohol addiction? Yes. So many people Daily. drink themselves to death across the nation, thousands of them every year. And we don't hear their stories because alcohol has been completely normalized. But when somebody uses, you know, cannabis in an unhealthy way, you know, what I got from the comments is that maybe this person was um, medicating by themselves or not even medicating at that point. They're just abusing cannabis by themselves in isolation. Sure, bad things could happen to anybody with any substance. It's, exactly. you know, there is no uh, magic substance that can never hurt anybody. But cannabis is one of the safest ones out there, safer than water. Mm -hmm. Cannabis Stone, is safer I, than water, Dr. T. Oh, good Lord. Stone, I am not saying that you're wrong. You're probably dead right on, you know, these parents looking for a scapegoat. All I'm saying is that at some point we need to wake up and look at science. Science needs to back this, not our fears or hopes. We need science. In favor of the concentrate, some patients, some medical cannabis patients tell me they smoke less with the concentrates than they do with the flowers. I think that's a positive. Yeah, see? See? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're bad. Jason, Jason, you love to jump on C, C every time you think something backs up your bullshit arguments. 100% backs it up. Why are you so opposed to some science, some facts, some truth? I'm not opposed You've been to hanging it. out with Donald Trump way too long, oh, making believe that if you think something is right, then that just makes it officially right. Come on. You're so silly sometimes, Gretchen. We got to get oh to it. Oh, my God. I hate you guys. Run that out of Up next, he is a multi-talented and multi-faceted attorney and the founder of a bi-coastal boutique law firm. And if you end up breaking up the rotation, fucking up the rotation, he reserves the right to break the wrist and walk away. Come to the stage next. You know who it is. It is Omar Figueroa. Thank you, Rico. Uh, remember to tap. Happy Friday, everyone. My story is from Canada Reporter by Joao Chabregath who happens to be on the chat today. The headline is, Italy Supreme Court rules that growing cannabis for personal consumption is not a crime. In a landmark decision, Italy's Supreme Court of Cassation ruled that growing a small number of cannabis plants in the backyard does not constitute a crime. The decision came in response to an appeal made by a young man who had been accused of possession of narcotics. The Naples Court of Appeal had previously partially revised the initial verdict and acquitted the accused of the crime. The decision, published on February 24th, marks a shift in the Supreme Court's approach to cannabis-related offenses. 
the judges noted that the defendant was a regular user and that there was no evidence to suggest that the cannabis he was growing was intended for sale or distribution to third parties. Furthermore, cultivation was carried out using rudimentary techniques, resulting in a limited number of plants and a negligible amount of the substance. By applying these criteria, the court confirmed the harmlessness of the defendant's behavior. They acknowledged that the substance found was intended only for personal use, with no indication that the defendant intended to sell or distribute the product. Furthermore, cultivation was limited in scope and carried out using basic methods. This landmark decision sets a precedent familiar a precedent for similar cases in the future, recognizes the growing acceptance of cannabis use for personal reasons, and recognizes the minimal risk posed by small-scale cultivation for personal use. The decision was welcomed by drug policy reform advocates who see it as a step towards a more rational and evidence-based approach to drug loss. Um, my take is it's about time. This is great news for people who live in Italy. The country that invented the concept of dolce far niente, the sweetness of doing nothing, will be even sweeter as more Italians overgrow the government by growing their own sweet leaf. The headline is Italy Supreme Court rules that growing cannabis for personal consumption is not a crime. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Ganjier instructor reporting from Sonoma County, California, the traditional territory of the Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for high at nine, high noon Eastern. Yeah, Italy. I'm just, I'm just imagining all of the hash entries that people are going to be bringing to next year's Spanibus from Italy next year. Yeah. With it, because man, the home grow scene is going to be popping out there in Italy. Well, you, you think they're going to take full advantage of this, Jason? Is that what you said? One hundred percent. I would, I would act like a running back with a ball and run it all the way down to the end zone. Is that what they do with the ball? One hundred percent. Not for nobody. I think. No, I think there's a. I think there's a great uh, movement, and um, home growing should be decriminalized everywhere. You know, we uh, we talk so much shit about the MSOs <clears throat> and all the producers of boof and um, unclean weed everywhere. Just grow your own, man. Learn how to grow your own, and uh, we should all be on that train. So mm. big shout out to Italy, man. And the reporter, uh, Joao, is saying, attention that this was possible because the charged person was growing outdoor without any special equipment and in a simple manner as possible. And so you're going to see a lot of outdoor gardens in uh, Italy because that's what the court ruled. Omar, does it go into at all how much he was growing? No, they just said it was a small number of plants. You know, this kind of reminds me of what California used to have, which was uh, diversion for felony cultivation, if you could show it was for personal use only. And we would make what was called a Williamson motion. I guess it's still available under the law because cannabis has not really been legalized in California. So all of these laws are still kind of on the books. But back in the day, I, I remember getting off a graduate student at UC Santa Cruz who had like a hundred and 30 plants he was growing, but they were all for his personal use. And he took the stand. He convinced the judge it was for his personal use. And the judge diverted him from the criminal justice system. He got a dismissal in the end. 
And so this, this to me, kind of reminds me of, of that, you know, personal cultivation being copacetic, but there being no commercialized cannabis distribution. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I applaud this judge. I agree. Homegrow should be everywhere. I worry that people will now abuse this ruling and it's going to set the industry back in Italy. Oh, I'm going to go buy a... Go just buy hold a your horses, Jason Beck. I think now that this ruling has come out, I think they need to come out with some rules and say so many plants or this or that, or it's going to just become a disaster. hundred percent. I'm going to uh, go and pull it like an old school Eddie Lepp and just get a vineyard on the side of the freeway and just bust it out with plants. Cause that's my home and it's a home grow. And people, you can buy like an Italian town for a dollar as long as you're willing to do the <laughs> upkeep. So I could yep. see that being paired with home cultivation and, you know, a whole bunch of expats, uh, retiring to Italy, buying towns and bringing them back to life as, you know, cannabis towns. Yep. Homegrown law and order. Homegrown industry. And we're all some law and order. And and Jason Beck, you got some money. Let's go, let's go buy (laughs) a town in Italy. I'm I'm all for that. I'm totally down. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do a lot of work over there, though, Gretchen. It's a lot of dude. Up- if you buy me a town in Italy, Jason Beck, I'll run away with you. Let's make. Did it Jason just say he's gonna grow some outdoor? Is that what I just oh, heard? Oh, that's yeah. what I heard. Jason, yes. I didn't say I would smoke it. You're just gonna buy it. You're just gonna sell it. Like yeah, Canadian, we're gonna sell it, sell it to all the sell it to all the uh, all the social lounges in Spain. Okay, Jason. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds like you're going to be a connoisseur of outdoor cannabis. It sounds like we're going to be internationally getting that bread. We're going to sounds be selling it for euros instead of dollars. Well, we can't it. sell it, Jason. This is personal use. It's all personal. That that person didn't have any personal use, so I'm making sure that they have some personal use. Mm-hmm. Yes. What happens to the people who don't have uh, land? You just can't grow your shit, right? Exactly. You're just SOL. So, so Gretchen, you're you're anti getting medicine to the people who need it. That's what I'm. Okay, Where's Doctor Talleran? Move on. Next story. Yeah, here we go. Coming up next. This doctor's been around so long. He probably wrote your parents' medical cannabis recommendation. That's right. He is the founder of Medican and co-founder of the CESC, the nonprofit cannabis research organization. That's right. It is coming up next and bringing us home. It is none other than the Dr. Gene Talleyrand. Thank you, Jason. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Today, I'm reporting for Hyatt 9 News from this year's Emerald Conference. Now in its eighth year, the Emerald Conference is the original longest running interdisciplinary cannabis science event. It's a forum on how science and data support best practices in cannabis cultivation, production, use, and quality assurance. Uh, With the recent signing of the Medical Marijuana and Cannabidiol Research and Expansion Act, it's more important than ever for the Emerald Science community to gather and move the cannabis industry forward. So the conference keynote speaker uh, was yesterday, Dr. Daniela Vergara, the founder of Agricultural Genomics Foundation. Uh, Her organization's aim is to make hemp and cannabis science available to the broader public. Dr. Vergara's research research cannabis genomics at University of Colorado Boulder and now works for Cornell University's extension program where her job is to help New York's cannabis and hemp farmers thrive. Yesterday, she spoke of bringing science to smaller growers to help them produce craft cannabis. 
One of Dr. Vergara's points of emphasis is that cannabis has many genetic types, more than most plants. Um, although there's a lot of genetic variation, her dream is to study original land races. She also noted that she is skeptical that indoor is better than outdoor. Uh, she pointed out the study that demonstrated higher terpene content in outdoor grown cannabis. However, both methods post pose challenges. Indoor is grown in a controlled environment, but has a lot of environmental costs, while outdoor is subject to crop failures due to the weather, but is less costly to the environment. Um, other key points uh, in yesterday's talks were uh, converting CBD to Delta-8 THC produces a lot of impurities. Um, so uh, labs need to catch up with the other impurities in, in there with, with improved techniques. Um, but Delta-8 THC is chemically more stable than Delta-9 THC. Um, also, uh, hop latent viroid destroys trichomes and in stunting the growth of cannabis plants by a third of, of the height. It's found in almost 40% of flowers sold at dispensaries. It's mostly concentrated in the roots, but it spreads in both cuttings and seeds. It also spreads by human touch, dead leaves, and even through the water of hydroponic grows. Uh, gummies. Gummies are tasty, but they are poor vehicles for cannabis. It's well known by the natural product industry that gummies produce unstable products. Some of the gummies contain as low as one third of the labeled dose that are found in dispensaries. Um, two more points. Although Israel has a lot more cannabis clinical trials, there is a large U.S. clinical trial called the Libby trial that's about to start in June, and that's studying both THC and CBD. Um, and then another about cultivation, the bacterial environment in the soil around cannabis roots changes drastically when flowers are, are converting from vegetation to flowering. Um, so nurturing the soil to contain the right bacteria for each growth phase should produce healthier plants. So that's the summary for day one. There's an autism talk today that I'm excited about. There's also a panel on innovation. Uh, and this is Dr. Jean Talleyrand with Emerald Converse. If you have any questions about cannabis and science, we are here to answer them. This is fascinating, Dr. Talleyrand. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm still not buying that outdoor is better than indoor because indoor is definitely superior. And I like what Nick's comment had uh, over here where he says, so why, why is indoor lettuce considered better than outdoor lettuce? Well, you tell me, I mean, it's really between the people marketing the product and buying the product that there's something that they uh, desire. Although there are some people who prefer the outdoor, uh, and I don't, and I think not just because it's usually lower cost. Uh, it may be the terpene profile. I think they just don't have an acclimated palate, Doctor T. And, and unfortunately, Chat GPT agrees with Doctor T. Damn. Chat GPT is woke. Of course, he does. Damn. When you think about tomatoes and grapes, does anybody buy indoor tomatoes, indoor grapes? Of course not. I do. Do we know? Do we know if it's indoor or outdoor? All, all, all of my produce has grown indoors. <laughs> Jason what likes everything as artificial as possible. Have you seen it? Are there any talks on TAC potency at your conference? 
no, no talks this year, mostly on the uh, isomers, THC isomers, like uh, Delta-8 uh, issue and impurities and lab testing, uh, but no clinical talks on potency. There is an interesting clinical talk on, on uh, using multiple ca cannabinoids, THC, CBD, and CBN, rather than eat any one of them alone yeah. for sleep, um, that I'm also interested in, in, in attending. And, and and Dr. T, how long is this uh, conference going going for, and, and and where is it exactly? I'm in San Diego at the Lowe's Coronado. And 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 is 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 it does it end today or is it is it going it, on it ends through today, the weekend? Yeah, it's a two two day event. Two day event. Two day, yeah, going. yeah. We mostly all scientists. It's not you don't see anybody selling weed or or, or making deals. We're just sitting here um, nerding out basically. Do you guys like um like give like tips for like how to design and wear your lab coats? <laughs> maybe, maybe you can come next year as a sponsor to do that. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe I'll hold the class on like on like how to swag out how to swag out your lab coat. Uh, Dr. T, I can see you as a runway model. I, I like that, man. We're more. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, man. We're at the top of the hour. So thank you all out there for tuning in for yet another episode of High at Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headline of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. Uh, to our production team. Thank you, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and the wonderful Jaja Simone holding things down over there on Clubhouse and keeping our AV minimum struggles, AV struggles to a minimum. And out there to you haters, don't fuck with Gretchen Gailey. She's coming with that heat today. She got me all shook over here. I hope you guys have had a great, great week. Happy Women's History Month and big love to everybody out there uh, spreading the love and um. Any, any final thoughts you want to leave the people here uh, with today? No, I'm not even going to ask Jason. Gretchen, I'm going to cede the position to you. It's Women's History Month. Not only that, but you've been smacking up everybody today. What you got for us? I would say follow the science. Science matters. <laughs> yeah, that's Jason Beck, facts matter. Let's get some facts, that's, Jason that's Beck. That's what they told us last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, said, how that went. Conspiracy theory is at 40 to zero right now. Yeah, the same. Take us out. Take us out, Adam. <laughs> <laughs>